Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donskoy. I'm Henry Laksanen. I'm Peter Turepko, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are for a podcast discussing something a little bit somber, I think. Uh, unfortunately, Emma Raducanu, she did go out of Guadalajara in the first round in one of the longest matches, I think, in WTA uh, history in the main draw. It's pretty incredible. It was three hours, 36 minutes before she eventually retired in her match versus Daria Saville due to injury. So, and we're here to discuss, like you can see in the title, what's the US Open a fluke? <laughs> so, uh, JG, I'm sure you've got some very big words to say about Well, let's this. steady on, Ben, with that. We're not going straight into it. Um, this is a Raducanu special podcast. Uh, apologies for it coming so late. I know a lot of you have been waiting for it for a while. We're going to just talk about this match as an isolated incident to begin with, because she did lose. Um, I don't know if you've got the tweets up. Yeah. So here we go. In the longest match of the 2022 season, Daria Saville earns her first WTA main draw win since the 2021 Australian Open after Raducanu is forced to retire at 5-7, 7-6, And, yeah. okay, so the big thing to sort of point out here is she's retired again. Well, For me, when... I don't like the way this is going. Continuously her having to retire from matches and not finish them. The second one she has. But anyway, go on. What do you mean the second one? Well, she didn't retire last one. She fought on till the end, remember? And she okay. lost. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Okay. But there were still the injury concerns. Yes. Um, she had a blister. At least she fought, she fought through <laughs> that, that yeah. injury. But it wasn't, I don't know. Let's not talk about the blister. But with this isolated incident, it was a left hip injury. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's had a left hip injury. Is it a case of she, she, she was up a break in the final set, got pegged back many times. 
should be beating someone like Daria Savile. I know she's been off of injury and coming back herself and not played too often. She is a good player when she's... I don't know where she was in her career high, but she was a lot higher than what she is now. Yeah, like um, top 40 at least. A top 40 player, now 600. So it's not really a fair reflection of where she is. But still, Emma Raducanu, in my opinion, should be beating her. She's a big bookies favourite. Everyone's expecting her to win. She had opportunities. I thought her game was one-dimensional, predictable, boring. I watched the I watched the match. I stayed up to very late, as you know, on Amazon Prime. I thought the commentary sort of matched the style of play. Uh, the well, the people over in, in Amazon are terrible. The commentators. I don't know if people like them. I think some of them are quite good, but when they're covering Rad, Raducanu, it is it's in, I can't. It's, it's intolerable. I physically can't watch it. Some of the things they say about her, it's just a little bit too much. And I yep. think the only reason she's getting all of this big star treatment is not just because she's won the US Open. It's because she is British, number one. Obviously. And number two, she's a good-looking British uh, young lady. So she seems to be worshipped by people like the commentators and things. Just call it as it is. We don't see this same kind of... Uh, respect being given out to people like Iga Svantec. She's won a Grand Slam. Or Clyde I feel G. like there's Keller. just, there, there's a lot, yeah, but she's a bit older. I'm talking about more the younger, real okay. young guns, like teenagers. I think Coco as well. She gets criticised all the time. Like really badly criticised. And I know two wrongs don't make a right. I'm not saying, I don't think Raducanu should be like heavily criticised. I understand she's learning, developing. But the commentary is insufferable. It's just sufferable. I can't listen to it. It's terrible. It really winds me up listening to British commentators talk about Raducanu like she's just some God's gift. She won a Grand Slam. Listen, I think it's amazing. And the question on the on the, on the the podcast was, is it a fluke? I don't think you could ever really fluke a Grand Slam victory, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that, because you've got to win so many matches in a row. And it's very difficult on the body to be able to continuously do that day in, day out. And it's a real physical test especially when there's crowds there as well. The pressure's on. She won their matches. She played extremely well at the US Open. and But since then, listen, all of the stuff has happened as her becoming a star overnight. She's not a very good tennis player when she's a star. Since she's been a star, she's not been a very good tennis player. And I, wouldn't, I wanted to watch this match with sort of tried to isolate all of the people, like isolate all of the views, what everyone's saying about her and just watch her for tennis value. And her tennis wasn't that good. It was just very predictable. You kind of knew what she was going to be doing every time. And Daria Savile just sussed her out. Yeah. Well, this is the one thing that we were sort of alluding to when we finished the US Open. The thing with the US Open win, uh, it was just, amazing. Sorry, ben, I know you're going to talk just quickly because I just thought, oh, I'm on a roll. Oh. Kay's saying here, Amazon commentators literally compared Eager's serve to Irani's week ago. It's a, it, I'm sorry, there is a bigger jet. Like I'm, I'm really sick of it. I'm terribly sick of it. I, I don't want to name and shame these people because I respect they're doing their job. But the bias, the British bias for Raducanu stinks and I've had enough of it. And I've got to call it out. I've got a platform to be able to say it. It's over the top. It's seriously over the top. Eager's getting this kind of uh, treatment, whereas Raducanu, I feel like she could throw the racket into the crowd and 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 kill the umpire, doing worse than what Zverev did, and everyone be like, "Oh, but it's all right. She didn't mean to do it. It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about." It, it seems like she's got some kind of different rules to everyone else. Yeah, that's the way they make Everybody's... it sound. Well, they're all under the sort of uh, 
this is a sort of a creation that the media have created, unfortunately. And this is what happens when somebody who is young, good looking uh, and wins of one of the highest level tournaments uh, on the well, on the tennis tour. This is what Emma Raducanu managed to do in such. I don't think I still look back and I just think it's still crazy to me that she managed to win the US Open. Like she, she's not even played any tennis. It's just ridiculous to me that that story that happened, her getting to that final, not dropping a set. I don't think you can even write that stuff in like fairy tales. It just doesn't even, it doesn't add up. There's people who've been playing on tour for 10, 15 years who never even get the opportunity to even get to a final. And she managed to go all the way to the final and win it from qualifying and not drop a set. So she played the best tennis of her ability for a whole two weeks, which was, that's what you have to do to win a Grand Slam. And you can't ever take that away from her. The thing is, it's not realistic to look at Emma Raducanu as, and I know this sounds a bit harsh, as a Grand Slam champion level for the rest of the tour year. I don't think you can look at her like that. I, I'm viewing Emma Raducanu as someone who's just entered the tour at the moment. That's the way I'm I'm seeing her. I don't like the way the media are dressing her up. I don't like the way uh, she's going to have sponsorship deals. She's a, a good-looking girl. This is what happens if you win one of these things. But I have to take it like match by match with her at the moment. And like we're seeing, I think that all, all of these injuries... I don't think she's used to playing in these sort of tough matches. I don't think she's used to playing against these tough players. I don't think she's used to going into the trenches uh, over and over again, like on a, and especially three hours, 36 minutes. I don't think her body is conditioned. That's what I personally think. She hasn't been on tour long enough to be conditioned. And now we're starting to see each match. It's sort of unraveling a little bit. And it doesn't mean that she won't become conditioned. But it seemed that the only way that she probably would have won that US Open would be in straight sets every single time, not with a three hour, 36 minutes, every single one of every single round. I don't think that would have been possible. She just did it the best way possible at the time. So it's just one of those things. It it was a bit of a it was one of those. It's like a glitch in the matrix, so to speak. When a player plays their best tennis like that, like, Ost, like another like person, Ostapenko, when she won her Grand Slam, somebody, he, she has the ability to win multiple Grand Slams as well. But have we seen it? No. That there, there's many other people have only won one Grand Slam in their career as well. You, there's a there's a sort of an endless list. Even someone like I know that I'm going to be talking about other people now who are actually very, very highly ranked as well. People who are world number ones who only won one Grand Slam. People like Anna Ivanovic, people like that. Think about what she's done, Emma Raducanu, at such a young age and such an early part of her career. She's achieved something that people have literally been world number one and only managed to achieve one and very well-respected tennis players. It's a real hard thing to throw onto somebody and it's you can't really judge her by anybody else as well because even if you look back to somebody the closest person i'd say is maybe sophia kenin maybe we've seen her fall off a lot since i think she got to the french open final but since then we haven't really seen anything and i know you give me a lot same year though wasn't it yeah no yeah i know i know you give me a little stick about but it's we're sort of seeing with her she'd been on the tour longer though before she won that first grand slam Radicons is completely different. We've never seen, well, for me, I've never seen anything like it before. 
that someone wins a Grand Slam that early, it's sort of a it's it's a bit of a curse. I think I think it's a bit of a curse now because all the spotlights on her all the time now, and unfortunately, if you don't win your matches, everybody's going to be doing podcasts on you, and everybody's going to be speaking about you, and you're going to be in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Listen, Ben, my point is with this: the media frenzy, particularly hmm. in the UK, is ridiculous. Oh yeah, and it I don't is. just mean media; I mean just everyone. It's just overboard. Yeah, she that's... won. Uh, she won a US Open. I yep. understand what you've said about there's so many players in their career never win a Grand Slam. It's a brilliant achievement. Is it a fluke? You can't really say that. She deserved it because she played great tennis at that was. moment and she had a really yeah. good spell and was playing good tennis. Since then, though, what's happened? Exactly. Like, since then, she's been a different player. Since she's become a star, since she signed all the deals with Chanel and Nike and all of the other companies and all of these different things, get your money why it's good. I'm not criticising her for it, but she's been a different player since. And I think her being this big... What's it? She's been. She's got an MBE. Is that right? Raducanu MBE? <laughs> I, think, I think so. Yeah. Oh, come on, Ben. It's just ridiculous. You, you go on the gambling sites. I'll never forget this. Straight after she won the US Open, you go on the gambling sites. For the next year, you was getting bets in the in the UK for Raducanu to win two or more slams. And it was like four to one. It was like, it's crazy money. It's like, what's, what are you talking about? She may never win a slam again. She might not even, I don't know. She might not even be able to get to a second week again. Like, it's just over the top. And um, I feel like we probably fed into it. Well, you definitely, maybe not so much me, you definitely fed into it all in the podcast with a lot of the hype you was sort of putting on here. But I can understand why you was doing it because a lot of that was coming from excitement. Oh, yeah, for sure. I understand the excitement. We've not had that for so long in the UK. Someone who was able to do what she did and it was special. So you can't really criticise people for the excitement of things. No. But I think now it's getting a bit over the top. Like... Yesterday, I'm watching her against Daria Saville and the commentary team are talking like she's God's gift. She's losing to Daria Saville. She should be winning. Why don't they come out there and say, not been good enough, really? I think she's playing really poor. Um, not, I don't know what's happening with her. It's a really bad performance. Don't try and dress it up as if to say, trying to make it all sound all jolly and nice. It just sucks. Boring yeah, well, poor. well, I think you've... If it, Hopefully, everybody gets away from because I'm a more of a realist on the whole Raducanu thing. I'm excited because we've got somebody who's in the spotlight who's done well, but I'm sort of half on your sort of ship as well, where you're sort of saying she needs years to probably get back to that level again to be able to do it. And if, well, I if think she's if not dedicating just... herself, she got rid of her coach. We don't yeah, understand don't the reasoning behind could... that. That's fine. We don't even need to read into that too much. But for me, she's not entering enough tennis. I'm not seeing enough tennis no, stuff I'm, from her. What I, I want to see s- her fighting and talking about tennis. There's I too wanna... many interviews well, about other things and advertisers and all of these sponsorship, which is, you can't really criticise. Maybe I would have turned like that if I was a professional tennis player and you've got all these millions thrown at you. You don't know how long it's going to last in the prime of her career, looking good, take it all in. But ultimately, we're a tennis channel and we want to talk about her playing tennis. The tennis has been terrible. And the worst part about the tennis is for me is that when she's losing, she's losing in a way where she keeps having to, like, withdraw. Or she goes in that last one at the Australian Open. She had a blister. Okay. Blisters can be quite tough. You can't really be too hard on that. I know some of the other players, you're looking at your Rafa on the Dallas, they'll play with blisters. Raducanu couldn't. Can't criticise that. It might have been quite bad. Maybe been worse than other players have had 
in the press room, the first thing she says is, oh, my team were advising me not to even play this match. Sack the team then. Who, who's advising you to do that? It's a silly remark to make. Another thing, Morgan here saying, what do you guys think of the video of Emma with all that weight on her hips where she's doing sort of them thrusts in the gym? What did you make of it? I thought it was like too much weights, to be honest. I thought, why has she got so many? Uh, it I, think like it's she... a, I think it's attention seeking. I genuinely do. I think you just, it is what it is. Maybe that's what people do nowadays, youngsters, and especially sort of, sort of model like Instagram influencers. But ultimately, I just feel like it's a little bit of attention-seeking to post that. That kind of is a bit of a weird pose to be doing. Uh, it's a bit of fun, but I, I don't know. I feel like there's every. It, I don't think her mind's focused on tennis. That's she's just probably that's got the somebody running. Uh, she's probably got somebody running it for her. Mate, it? She probably posts it what she wants to, to post. It has to be. It has to be run. Unfortunately, now post you're that she big. Wants. She's got how many million people following her? That she is now posts, another. She still posts what she that's, wants. An, that's another job, though. You got to remember, you've got to keep. Those people who are your fans, you've got to keep them happy. You've got to keep on feeding them content. Yeah, and not as just well. that, with that, with that pose she was doing, like you said, there was a lot of weight on there. Hmm. Has she hurt her hips now? Because well, she pulled out of a hip issue. I don't know if it's anything to do with that. I just think that the match was far too long for her. I don't think she's used to playing three hours and a half at all. I don't think that she's battle hardened on the tour. That's my personal opinion. I think that she's... It's well, we know take... that, Ben. We know she's not battle hardened. She's hardly yeah. played on tour. Well, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I'll keep you going back to... can't expect too much from her. I'm not expecting no, her to I'm go and win expect... all these events. I said after the Australian Open, she's not going to... Uh, after the US Open, she's not going to win a single event for three years. Single. WTA 250, whatever you want to call it. She can even drop down to the challengers. She's not winning anything for the next three years. It's going to take her time to adjust the way she is as a person doesn't mean she's not going to be a great player. Doesn't mean I'm not going to support her. Doesn't mean I'm not going to wish her well. Of course, I want her to do great. It'd be great for the channel. Great for you as well. I know you're a big fan of her. And don't get me wrong. I like her when she's playing good. And I like her character. I like her maturity. I think the way she comes across is very good. Especially US Open. That version of her was great. Post yep. the US Open. I've been, Some of the things she said, I found a bit questionable. Her performances have not been good enough. I don't know what, what what's next, but let's move on to the next tweet. Yeah, it's a good one. I think we just got to wait and see what the future holds. I think, anyway, let's move on to this one. Uh, Emma Raducanu has played 10 tour level events, uh, yet already numerous physical issues. The breathing issues at Wimbledon, the illness in Cluj, uh, blisters at the Australian Open and a hip injury in Guadalajara. Uh, some bad luck and so today's retirement came after by far her longest tour match but feels notable it's too hmm. many injuries ben it's too many things going on and i know you can say oh it's a bit unfortunate but how how much do we believe these hip injuries you look at that and think she was generally injured i'm not sure we can't we can never we, I, I hate going down this avenue because all of the time we're just guessing and you can never really say for sure but if i had to put my money on something if someone said you've got this money you need to guess either way which way do you think it is? Do you think she was injured in Guadalajara when she pulled out uh, down 4-3 after being up a break? I would say no. I don't think she was. Why? That's, 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 so you, you're, so not... you're, tell, you're telling me she, you thought she was generally injured. I thought she just yeah. bowed. She bowed on the situation. No, things, were getting, things were getting worse for wear and she looked at it and thought, she didn't, you know what? She didn't look like she could move around the court. It okay. looked like that's she was physically struggling. Know. I know, but then you're negative Nelly, aren't you? You're looking at everything through like a 
half you glass. You gotta call empty. it as a how you feel. Like, that's how I, that's well, when I, I, when I saw I, the I, incident, I, I was watching it live. That's how I felt. Yeah, I watched it back. I watched it all unfold. It didn't look like she was struggling with her movement on the court, and then she she could barely move to actually be able to get in a position to be able to hit a shot. She even hit some good winners with compromised movement after she came back after the medical timeout. But that was just for the fact Savile was hitting it to her, not uh, not into the open court. But for me, I I just think that it's just going to take a little bit of time. And something that I have alluded to in the past as well, some some players' bodies aren't as strong as other players as well. And I think that looking at her frame and looking at the uh, like her type of body, maybe she is more susceptible to injuries. Maybe she is like a bit more fragile on the tour. And that's possible. Look at how she won a US Open. She won it by blitzing everybody. She didn't win it from long drawn out slug fests over the course of three and a half hours for seven matches, did she? So this is what I mean. Maybe that's her way that she does win. When she's successful, she blitzes people. Uh, maybe she's what not you successful. She, you mean when she's not injured, she'll never lose a match? Is that, is that the way you think? No, I'm not saying that when she's not, she'll injured. never lose a match. But I'm when, saying... If she's, not, that, if she's a fully fit Raducanu, she's a world beater. No, but I'm saying she may only stay fully fit if she gets people done quickly. Because if the longer the matches go on, then maybe like her body can't take the, the pounding that tennis really gives to it. And that's what I mean. Certain players can't take it. There's... That that might be a possibility because every player or every human is structured differently, and we see the the problems people have. And I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just there's part of me that's just thinking it's just going to be a bit more like ah, oh, when you get like a blister, you have to really get a few more. You have to make it so your hands just hard. Now I can't get any more. Any I now my hands are battle hardened. Now my hip I've been through the wars it's healed now it's twice as strong she's just going to keep going through it and hopefully getting stronger and stronger and then we're going to see the real woman that is Radu Khan who come out in maybe like you say two years maybe yeah. three years yeah I, what, what I'm saying is I can't say what I'm saying with certainty that I know for a fact that she wasn't injured because that oh, who am I to, to know that yeah I'm exactly. just saying I, the jury's out I have a bit of a weird inclination uh, I'm interested to see what happens in a few more future events Hopefully, we don't start seeing other incidents very similar to this. Yeah, I hope not. Um, especially when you're up a break in the third day, things are looking good. All of a sudden, things aren't looking so good. And then an injury starts to appear. I mean, we see it all the time. It's not Radu Khan. A lot of sports stars do it, uh, but they don't often pull out. They'll just sort of take a medical timeout, release the pressure off them for a bit and reset and go again. She didn't opt for that. Um, so maybe, maybe it is a complete legit injury, but the jury's certainly out. It did seem a bit shady to me. Possible. The one thing that we we know is we don't we don't want her to be on the list of the one time Grand Slam champions. But even if she does stay just on the list of one time Grand Slam champions, she's still on an elite list for the rest of her life. That's the thing. She's with the likes of well, somebody who's even coming back okay. to form now, like Ostapenko, Sloane Stevens, Andreescu at the moment, Kenin. Yeah. But do any of them players you've just mentioned receive the same amount of hype as Radu Kanu does? Andreescu probably does, yeah. What, then one-time Grand Slam champion? So Andreescu gets the same as what think... Radu Kanu does right now. I think it's another level, I'm going to say a wild statement. I genuinely think Radu Kanu gets the same amount of love as Serena Williams right now. And that's no, not right. No, come on. I'm te- no, I'm telling you now. From what I've seen, That's maybe not. it's just the people like... <laughs> That's I'm... ridiculous. No, no, I'm telling you now, Ben. There's hysteria around her. Oh, yeah, I, I know. It's because in the UK. Yeah, but it's, it's, 
it's maybe a, it's just something in the UK. Yeah, it's, Serena Williams it's a, deserves everything. She is the greatest of all time. Yeah, but do you I not mean, see that's from media, mate? Like it's that? media, but that's what they do, mate. That's why everything. Why do you think on the front of all these magazines everywhere, every, all your newspapers, your TV shows, your adverts, they're all full of like beautiful women? And why do you think that they're they jumped on the chance? Oh, a beautiful girl wins a Grand Slam. Guess what? You're now plastered over everything. Like now, for for probably the rest of your life, and she's not. She's had people stalking her, the poor girl. People can nicking her dad's shoe or something. What's going on? This yeah, wait, guys. Good, good point here from Holly. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you saying this. That is not Emma's fault. No, it's um, not. And her I'm fault. not. It's not her fault. The hysteria which, which is around her. I do feel like sometimes with the things she does, she plays into it since the U.S. Open. But then, who wouldn't? Um, if there's an opportunity there. Why not? I don't think it's too bad. And she does come across very mature. And um, you can't really get too onto her for that. I agree. But there was something else someone said. We've got Ken Lee in. Uh, Appreciate the chat off stream. Oh, cheers, Um, Ken. Means the world. He says, Ben is becoming. (laughs) Are you ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, then. Ben is becoming. What does it say? As rabid about Emma as we are of Rafa. Difference is Rafa has earned all of it. I don't think I am at all. I think that's a ridiculous <laughs> comment, Ken. <laughs> Interesting. I appreciate the super chat, but yeah, I disagree. And uh, Kathy had something to say. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, yes, injuries are an excuse to not technically lose. That's I'm kind of on the same page as Kathy. That's what I'm kind of feeling is happening. But the jury's out. We need to wait and see. I don't think see. it even matters if she does lose, though. Well, she, it does to her. I think. I, I think that's the, that's the issue. I think she's put too placed too much emphasis on the thought of her losing. She seems like she's too scared to lose. I think she should accept that at, at, at this stage, this transitional period, without the experience she's got, that she's going to lose from time to time. But I do think there's a way of losing, and I think uh, she definitely needs to. Her focus doesn't seem to be on the tennis, and I'm not seeing anything from the practice courts or training or what she's doing or talking about tennis. I want the focus to be back on that. And it's just, doesn't seems to be very distant. It's like the second, a second job. I think that you're going to have to give her some time for it all to die down a bit. It's still pretty fresh until we've even gone past and had another U S open champion. She remains the U S open champion until there is another. Let's not talk about Raducanu playing tennis then. Why don't we just talk about all the stuff she does off the court and everything else? Because well, if that's we're what a most people podcast, are doing, well, that, that, why don't we just do that then? We never never talk about it when she's in the draw. We just talk about all oh, what clothes she's wearing or what's happening. In no, her we life. can always so talk about. We we'll just do I our won't... latest Instagram followers. How many Instagram followers? You can always, you can just come you can just come to Game to Love for a more realistic approach on how we view Emma Raducanu's progress through the year. That's probably the better way to look at it. We're not going to feed you rubbish and just tell you that she's God's gift because. At the moment, she isn't. That's just a fact. She's playing tennis against players who are better than her at the moment. And I think even someone like Savile on her day is probably at the moment better than Raducanu. And that's just sadly how it is. She's been a good player in the past. And even like players like, uh, what were you saying, Ribikina, like miles above her, really, at the, no, at the moment. I think Raducanu, what she's capable of, because we've seen her playing her best at the US Open, She's a she's a good tennis player. I, oh, I'm yeah. not just saying For that sure. lightly. I think she is a really good tennis player. We're just not seeing that same level. And I think a lot of it is I see one-off shots because I was watching the match yesterday. 
one-off shots was quite good from her. Like here and there, there's a lack of in- there's a lack of consistency and there's lack of ideas. And it seems like her tactics are just all over the place. She's playing like with some. She's not playing intelligently anymore. No, she she's wasn't kind of doing lost, that in the She's kind of lost Australian her game plan. Open. I'm not sure what she's doing. In the Australian Open, it was the same. Remember against and I think Sloane that's, Stevens. That's the issue. So it's not an ability thing. This isn't because we know she's got ability because she's shown it. Well, this is not an ability issue. This is, this is more of a mental thing and being able to produce it. And I'm not sure if it's just mental in terms of the pressure. I think it's maybe her attitude in terms of how much does she really want to go and win in Guadalajara? Or not does... how much does she want to win? How much has she put into it to win? It's all good and well saying, I really want to win this match. But how much work have you done into preparing for this match? Has she studied Savile? Has she really looked into her weaknesses? Does she know what she's going to be able to exploit? Is her focus the tennis? We don't know, do we? This is it's the problem. That's the question. I'm not sure if it is. And, and this is it. And I, I definitely agree with the tactics thing because we know against Sloane Stevens in the first round of the uh, not US Open, always do that Australian Open. She was she she bageled her in the first set. Was playing well. Then she decided I'm just going to hit it all to the backhand all the time. And Sloane's like, all right, yeah, I've worked that one out now. I'll take the second set. And then in the third set. Guess what? She used the whole court and then she actually mixed up her tactics and won the third set. So th- there, there is definitely a mental block there, I think, with changing tactics and that type of thing. Almost like she, I don't know, I don't want to say like feels like she can just walk onto the court and just play however she wants and she'll just get the win. Because I think she's found that isn't the case. Because she Do you got... think she should have done this though, Ben? We've got, um, let me see if I can find it. Oh, it's gone now. It's gone too quick. Oh, here we go. Eye colour check. At 4-3 in the third, Emma could have stayed on the match until the end. It would have been over in five minutes. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I. but then you can say that for some other people as well. But then if you are compromised in your actual movement, do you just let them serve and you just let it go past you? It's like one of those. Like You could. Like I've seen players just stand there and they just serve and then they don't run after it. And well, they just, just try. The match. You just then, try your best. Well, like, like Medvedev if you, did if you when he went cramp and he won the your... match. Yeah, but it's not cramp though. If it's an actual like hip injury, you don't want to run on it. There's no point running on something that might cause more know. injury. Like if if this means that she was to miss like one of the big tournaments coming up, like if like Indian Wells and something like that, then it's totally pointless. So she she may as well have just dropped out when she did. But she got the strapping and stuff like that. I don't think it really even helps the medical timeout. To be honest, don't think it really did her yeah. that much yeah. good. Um, let's go to the next tweet. But before we do, we've got Faisal here saying Emma Stalker may have affected her. Do you think that plays a part in what's happening at the moment? I think it might be. It must be scary. Like, just think like you've gone from pretty much nobody. You're a nobody last this time last year. No one was talking about you, and now you've got people who are literally stalking you, which is very scary. I don't like the thought of that at all. I think that's her family as well are going through this with her imagine it must be so yeah, scary terrible. for them that their daughter is now like sort of under a constant well i think they move house i think they had to move house to some gated community to avoid it because it's they had to horrible. move out their family home and yeah that there's no place for that it's completely um terrible hopefully they locked the guy up i think they found him five, i think he's got five years what is it like uh what do they, they call him up? There's too many weird people in this world, and I think he's just one of them. Yeah, I don't know. Another one. one. Very, very odd. I'll move on to the next one. So, yeah, so this one says tough times never last, but tough people do. 
<laughs> this is from Emma Raducanu fans. You believing in that? Good statement. Well, I did send it to you just to try and make the podcast a little bit more balanced. So I yeah. think you could uh, explain this one. I think, well, I'll, I'll say my piece. Tough times never last, but tough people do. I mean, how tough is she? Um, well, I think the I think you should she, replace. She was, she was pretty tough at the U.S. Open, but since I've not seen enough toughness on the court. Um, well, I tell you what. Sorry to interrupt. You just want to take that picture off and put Rafa there. That's what you want to do because that that is the epitome of Rafa Nadal after the Australian Open. That is pretty much true. Come on, I mean, Vance says if she's tough, then finish the match. <laughs> this is what I mean. But is she, is she physically tough though? That's what I mean. Is she meant? Is is she mentally or physically? Which one is the side which is letting her down? I don't know at the moment, or is it both? No, let's move on from that one. Yeah, yeah. The She's next one. Yeah. This so this one. is Chris Goldsmith. People don't know. I think he's a big tweeter on Twitter. Uh, he might come on the podcast sometime from the UK. He has a lot to say. I don't think he's too keen on Djokovic. Um, a bit too much at times, if I'm honest. But we can talk to him about that on the podcast. And he says, Daria Saville, horrid first words in press conference, says she won it for fighting hard and didn't wish Emma Raducanu well or say anything nice. After the after the on-call interview, viewer asked her about Emma. Horrid after a long match, lost a bit of respect for their Australian. Right off mm. the bat, why does Saville have to say something <laughs> nice about Raducanu? Well, I, don't I don't know understand. why. Saville's yeah. beating her. Raducanu pulled out. What does? Why does Saville have to say something nice to her? She's just beating her. I didn't like to do the, quest, the way that the the question went to her. It was the first question of it the after. All, focused, match. all the questions were focused about Raducanu. Still, it's like it's too so much. Daria, it's like well done on your win. Uh, I bet you've got some things you'd like to say about Emma Raducanu and her performance and how she battled through or something. That's not how you start an interview with the winner of the match. If she wants to say, oh. That was a great match by Emma. I wish you all the best. Let her say that. Don't bring Emma Raducanu up in the post-match interview just in the first sentence. I don't know. I thought it was a bit off, really, from the uh, interviewer. Yeah, a bit strange. I'm not sure why Chris is taking this stance as well. I think he's a big Raducanu fan. A lot of people in Britain are. Uh, but you've got to be honest and realistic. I don't feel like Savile had to say anything there. She didn't have to. I think she no. should have still, though. But she doesn't should, have what to. What do you mean? What should she have said? I think at the end, she may have could have just said something like, oh, it was a great match. Emma's a tough competitor or something like that. And I wish her well with that. Hopefully she uh, recovers soon or some, something like that. Something nice. Like hopefully her injury is not too bad and we see her back on the tour soon. Not yeah. like she didn't say anything. She literally didn't, just didn't talk about her what the one bit. And she just said that she was just so happy. Obviously, just been married, that type of thing. And yeah. now she's happy. She had a, it was called a special ranking, I think, this one, not a protected one. It was just because obviously she was uh, Daria Gavrilova, now married to Luke Saville. So quite exciting. Now she's a dual national, uh, Russian and Australian. Okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. So All this right. is uh, for Radic- <laughs> this is for you, Ben. No, I don't. Ben at the top as well. Emma Raducanu has basically reached the pinnacle of tennis and achieved more than ninety-nine percent of players. She's gone from nothing to world fame at nineteen, and I'm seeing no marks. So at home, abusing her for getting injured. Absolute weirdos. Well, and that's an Much answer to that. 
Emma Raducani fakes injuries when she isn't uh, doing good and then blames it on mental health. The streets are aware of her antics. This I mean, that's too much. I don't think she blamed it on mental far. health. You've taken it too far. It lost me there completely. I don't believe it was a genuine injury. I'm not, but I can't say that with too much conviction because we don't know for sure. But I do have the jury's out for that. I've already spoke about it. Wind the podcast back regarding that. Yeah, yeah. But talking about this, I mean, you've got to put it into perspective. We can't be too harsh on the girl. I feel like I've already have been. But in terms of she is still very young, she's still learning the trade. Yeah. It's just something a bit fishy at the moment. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's it. Well, I've, I, every, anyone can look at dress it up, but it is difficult. The problem is we're looking at everything uh, after the US Open or after the Wimbledon results and no one's looking back like to some of her results, say, what was it, before then, to see that obviously she lost to, what was it, Harriet Dart in the tournament before <laughs> Wimbledon. No one's going back to like that tournament to say that, like, is this the level she's actually at? Or she lost to like Heather Watson in the exhibition tournament leading up to that as well. There's like... She has she hasn't be, always been beating like the best opposition. She has been losing to some people who aren't that high rated, unfortunately. Yeah, so... I've seen some people saying in the chat she's in essence quit the other day, and I kind of agree with that as well. I feel like it was just a very quitters mentality, um, and she just thought you sod this, it's not going well. I'm not I'm not winning this match, and just and pulled out. Um, shout out to the new member who we've got. Who's the savage now? <laughs> Cheers. Uh, thanks for joining us. I guess you're the savage. <laughs> Uh, and Vance for the super chat saying, We know Emma's in stocks. Did she buy media stocks? Well, <laughs> I know what you I know where you're going with that. Um, and Gary's saying, Sorry, I meant to say it's too soon to draw conclusions. Of course, she is extremely young. Yeah, I think so. Next I think one. it's yeah, on to the next. This is Jay on or no Jay on Twitter? <laughs> I said John Jay on <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, people calling Emma Raducanu a one-hit wonder annoys me so much. She's only nineteen. This is her first time on the WTA tour for a full season. She's still learning and growing. I totally agree with that. I, I don't think that is a uh, like inaccurate in any way. I think it's true. There's no yeah. proof that she's a one-hit wonder at all, yeah? <laughs> she's been, been on tour no, for I'm not, six I'm months. No, I'm not saying that. Like I said, I don't think she's going to win anything in the in the recent future. What's coming up, like the next few yeah. years. Potentially, she could grow and, and focus on her tennis again. Uh, but it's not looking great. I feel uh, I've seen so many different things I can sort of point out. And I've spoke about a lot of them already on this podcast, which highlights for me her focus is a bit away from the tennis and... That doesn't bode well for a career. You need to be fully on your game. You need to love the game. You need to breathe the game. And you need to put everything into it. If you want to be one of the top dogs, if you want to be one winning Grand Slam after Grand Slam and have the motivation to keep going because it's tough. It's tough to win. You've got to remember, and especially when you keep winning, do you know how tough it is to continuously, time and time again, go back into an event after you've just won one and find the motivation to go again and think, you know what? I'm going to, I know I've won it, but what does that mean? I need to go prove myself time yep. and time again. And then people already preparing, like players preparing tactics based off watching your previous wins on how to beat you. You then need to overcome that as well and maybe mix up your game and change things around. It is challenging. Does she have what that have it take have what it takes to be, to, to be able to do that? Time will tell. Right Whoa. now, I'm not looking good. Don't think it's going to be the case. And for me, 
I just feel like something needs to change drastically with our attitude. But the one thing that everybody said that has always been right is the toughest thing isn't getting to the top. It's staying there. And that is the, that's the hardest thing. Like she's got to the sort of the top of the mountain at the first time of trying to climb Everest. She's already got to the summit and now she's just, it's almost like everyone's expecting her to climb every other mountain now with the same amount of ease. Unfortunately, it's not that easy because you've got like now everybody else knows, knows her. She doesn't really know any. That's the other thing we haven't really said. Everybody else probably has studied or watched her throughout the US Open, sort of knows her game a bit now. She's been televised. The game's not the same, Ben. It's changed a lot. I know, but they could probably pick a part. No, it's completely different. Seems like she's not got much uh, idea at the moment. There's spells. There's spells of real, there's flashes of real good shots. I think, wow, that's a really good, I like what she did there. Great, good power. No consistency. It's just not. It's just not consistent enough. Uh, yeah, but yeah. let's keep get going through these because there's not much more to say. I feel like I've said everything. Yeah, I can. Okay, so just onto this. I think this is the last one. So, so just watched extended highlights of Raducanu Savile. Deep breath. It's painful. Finally, someone said it as it is. I respect Amy uh, Lundy for this. Great that someone is just saying it as it is. I hate all of the wishy washiness, especially the media, and particularly Amazon Prime commentary. <laughs> I've had enough of it. It's too much. <laughs> and it's painful. Hitting that much forehand open stance as she does without variation, close to the baseline in high altitude, is impossibly tough on the body. This tournament was the worst possible thing for her. And that's the Maybe other she thing. she should have gone somewhere else. She chose to go. She that's... chose to go to this event as the number one seed. She could that's... have easily gone to Qatar. Uh, and been in the mix, playing against some better opponents. Uh, but she chose to come here. You'd have to think to maybe have a little run, maybe play a bit more tennis. That was the reasoning behind it. Nice I'm going to go to Guadalajara. <laughs> no, don't be silly, Ben. I'm not saying that at all. I think she chose to come here to have a better run, being the number one seed. Probably the favourite. I don't know, the bookies' favourite, maybe, mm. to win the whole thing. No, not after Madison. Probably Madison Keys, I reckon. Yeah, but she was up there as a favourite to win the whole thing. And yet yeah. she's gone out first round against 600 in the world. Yeah, well, I don't think we can call her. I don't think that's a realistic yeah, that's the ranking. Fact. That's what happened, though. It is the facts. I think that that's something that not enough people have pointed out. And well done to Amy Lundy to say, talk about that high altitude as well. She's not used to play. She's going to have to get used to playing in all different altitudes, all different conditions, all different surfaces indoors outdoors everywhere grass courts clay clay courts they're coming up at some point soon that's going to be interesting we're going to start to see what type of player she is on all different surfaces at all different altitudes it's going to be interesting i'm i want to find out what's her what's her best service is the is her best service wimbledon or the US Open? Is that just oh, where mate, she excels? Wimbledon, Wimbledon, Wimbledon could be terrible. It could, could be unwatchable. Be. It could, could no, be. I, I, no. I'm not saying about her performances. I'm saying the way the whole frenzy around it. Is oh gonna yeah, really that will make be. It, yeah, for sure. It's going to make it, it sickening be. to watch. Of course, it will be like that. I just, it's going to be far too much. She for, be on uh, centre court. And this is where I actually feel terribly sorry for her. I feel yeah. really sorry for you, Emma. It must be so tough. And I don't know how you're going to be able to compete at Wimbledon because the friends is going to be insane. I just hope she's got good people around her who just protect her from it or to, from it all and just don't listen to anyone. I think she just goes there, just tries her best and see how it goes. But I would just like to see her a bit more focused on what she's doing. Yeah, who is it at the Australian Open? Maybe go down that route that the uh, 
got rid of their phone. Didn't know social media. Um, was it Knepi? Can't remember. It was one of them anyway. And uh, no, it was to... um, one in the Collins. American Collins. Yeah, that's Collins. it. Yeah, yeah. That's see, that seemed to work. Maybe that's the route she needs to take if she comes to Wimbledon. Just get rid of that mobile phone for uh, a couple of weeks, and then we might see a different uh, Emma Raducanu. Who knows? But yeah, the last bit was just uh, just showing the actual match score and the point by point. Just so yes, maybe long have, a set. The, have a look at the stats just so you can see down there. We've got Emma on the left, Savile on the right there. Nine double faults to ten double faults there. I suppose a long match. Mm, can't really much. be too. Can't read too much into the, any of these stats so far. Seems okay to me. Pretty even. Yeah, pretty even. Points, max points in a row. I kind of had a little spell. I don't know. Not much what, really. One in the more stats. points. <laughs> Total points one. It says 50 50. Oh, okay, but the twenty hundred two yeah, one yeah. two more points. It, it was a very close match, but like I said, Dara Savile. I know you're sort of saying she's top forty player, but not at the moment. She was, she's not. That she's not a top forty. She's not a top forty player now. She is six hundred in the world, and I think even when she's sort of back and start playing more regularly, I can see her probably around the hundred mark. I think this is where it's sad though. I don't know, she's obviously much. Bigger than that. She's obviously well, like you can see here, obviously the first set seven five. Then we go into the second set, up three love in the second set, then sort of pegged back, then the just constant breaks of serve. Uh and then as you can see there, going all the way uh to the wire. And then yeah, unfortunately just not able to do it. And then wasn't it similar in this uh yeah, she got the early break in that uh third set as well. And just she had the opportunities. That's that's just it. The the opportunities were there, but she couldn't take them. And yeah. she's maybe maybe she's going to have to suddenly she's going to have to learn how to become more clinical. I think in second sets, if she's a set up, she might just have to start thinking. Going to have to start being smarter, going for shots a bit more, bit more risk. I think because like you were saying, bit passive some of the rallies you're just happy just to just go in back and forth with no real sort of game plan and i think that's something if she does correct that she's there's the abilities there we know it's there just come on we, we just we you can't just show glimpses of greatness in matches because it only wins you a, the odd game here and there you can't win a match like that Exactly, and not a tournament as well. No. Uh, but thanks everyone for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the like button on the video. Subscribe if you're new. I know we've got people asking us what matches we're going to be covering next. I'm not sure, to be honest. I know we've got a busy week coming up with work. Yeah. So we're going to have to play it by ear and try and cover what we can when we can. Uh, so stay tuned on the channel. Hit the bell if you haven't to be notified when we go live. Like I said, like and subscribe, and we'll see you tomorrow for some kind of podcast or watch along or something <laughs> we will indeed see you then guys see you then sports social podcast network